0: My never ending quest to get the paper. What up, everybody? 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia. Points north, south, east, and west. You're listening to B. Mitchell Finley. Brian Mitchell, NFL legend, future Hall of Famer someday, is in transit today. I, we don't know where he is. Texas, Landville? He may be in Texas. Uh B should call in a little later. Um, but you stuck with me today. Apparently we're giving away Brian Adams tickets. That's kind of cool. I like Brian Adams. What was that? banger he had when I was in like 6th, 7th grade from the Robin Hood soundtrack. Somebody's got to know what I'm talking about. Um, we've got a really fun show coming your way today. Ben Standig's going to join us at noon. Rick Snyder's going to join us at 1 o'clock. I, I've been wanting to talk to Snyder about this. He wrote a story last week for the uh, the fan website about... Now, I'm going to say Rick and Dan here because they're both last name Snyder even though they're spelled differently. It's hard to convey spelling via an audio medium like the radio. So Rick Snyder wrote a story about Bobby Beathard after his passing last week, and included in there was a story that Dan Snyder tried to bring Beathard back when he bought the team and was incredibly impatient with a Hall of Fame four-time Super Bowl-winning general manager, and that Beathard was like, to hell with this dude. And if anybody was proven correct over the course of time, goodness gracious, was that ever Bobby Beathard. Um, Also, uh, Ambassador Howard Gutman sent me a cool story about Beathard um, during a a Mark Mosley lawsuit that that I found pretty interesting and entertaining, and maybe we'll tell that a little later. Um, I don't know if anybody followed this crazy Chinese quote-unquote, weather balloon story over the last week, four or five days. But I found it really fascinating. And my cousins live in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And they watched the balloon go over their, like, house. And then the fighter jets come and shoot it down. And the story's pretty wild. So I'm actually going to have my cousin call in in about a half hour. So if you're into that, you're going to enjoy it. Um I, you know, we always talk to John Leahy. John Leahy is our real estate agent of choice here on the B. Mitchell Finley program. Apparently Dan Snyder's selling his house for $49 million. Now this is the house in Maryland in Potomac that I've has kind of been on and off the market multiple times because he bought the house in Alexandria. That's out of this world. And according to the post, he's declaring his residency now in England and um, not really sure how that goes. Like I know my cousins moving from Scotland to the US, they didn't really get to declare anything. They had to like wait and go through a million governmental procedural hoops. I'm guessing when you're a billionaire, there's there's fewer hoops. Hoops. Um we're gonna talk about Dan ownership update. But we gotta start over the weekend with the Pro Bowl. Uh there was a lot of confusion about the Pro Bowl because they had a bunch of the games. Is that Thursday night, Landini? They did a bunch of Pro Bowl stuff Thursday night, and then the actual Pro Bowl was yesterday. Um, I had a pretty active weekend. I was trying to hang with my kids a bunch before I go to Arizona for the week tonight. Um, I've learned one thing, Landfill: when you are the dad, and you roll into so the shout out to the National Portrait Gallery over by Capital One Arena. Um, they have this, like, really cool little kids activity area that's open on the weekends. And they do a- arts and crafts in there. And um, a-, a young woman, S- Svalana, hopefully I'm saying that right, was super helpful um, with my daughters. Everyone assumes you're just a divorced dad. And that that's the only time you get to spend with the kids is on the weekend. That, like, everybody gives you this look of, like, oh, look at this divorced dad. And so I would make a point of like you know when a, a young woman first gets engaged and she just like goes out of her way to show off the engagement ring at all times i would like make a point of showing my wedding ring to these young women as they just tried to circle me landfill they they viewed me as their prey and i said hey back off all right i would and i would just be like ah oh, my wife and i like to watch netflix whatever the hell um but i was pretty busy yesterday And then I got home, and I'm like, all right, the Pro Bowl's on. I'm going to watch this. Let's see what happens. And the first action I got to view was the wackiest catch contest. I don't know what they called it. But over and over, what I saw was like Steph Diggs, parting a sea of cheerleaders, jumping on a trampoline, and not making the catches. I don't know if anybody – that's the portion of it I saw. I think we need – This Denton made this point earlier. I think the wackiest catch bit would be better with the linemen. Give me Trent Williams and Deron Payne jumping off trampolines trying to make catches. Because with the receivers, it it, it had a very distinct NBA dunk contest feel to it. When they're trying this stuff and they don't get to do it and they just let them keep trying. The NFL is a results business. It is a rough, ruthless business. And all of a sudden everybody was just eating avocado toast and getting participation trophies. Like it just wasn't that cool. Um, so I, I would do away with the wacky catch contest, or I like put Brandon Sheriff out there and let's see him. Jump off a trampoline with a mask on and and make a catch. Like, that'd be entertaining. You might need a really big trampoline. Those are some big men. I I don't know if they have like reinforced trampolines or what, but I think that would be better. But so the main event, though, is flag football. By and large, I kind of liked it. I I thought it was, I thought it was kind of fun, honestly. Um, I. it's so different from regular football, but I liked in the portion I watched, you had Peyton and Eli calling the plays. It was pretty much Kirk Cousins versus Derek Carr um, in the portion I watched, which was enjoyable and interesting. Um, the receivers are really good. I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to pull up the stats because it did seem like my guy, Terry McLaurin, was not getting looks. I don't know if you guys saw that, but let's see let's see if they have stats for this damn thing. I mean, God bless NFL.com and I have been a person that has had to like when you're a straight content creator and it's just written content, like you're literally just shoving coal into a furnace like you have to come up with new stuff every day. The headline on NFL.com slash Pro Bowl landfill, you ready for this? Five things we learned from Pro Bowl Sunday. What? What is one, here's one thing we learned. That they did this because nobody wants to get hurt, and Miles Garrett got hurt. He hurt his toe. Okay, the first thing we learned, according to NFL.com, that Cousins and the NFC snapped a skid with a win in the first Pro Bowl games. let I got let's see what I got in my wallet. I got five bucks, Landini. If you could tell me <laughs> how long of a win streak the AFC had running in the Pro Bowl.
1: The Pro Bowl, which doesn't exist anymore, um So I don't really understand how they're claiming that the NFC snapped a skid when this is the first time it's ever happened. (laughs) Um, But I'm just going to say that the AFC won six straight Pro Bowls.
0: Sorry, keeping the five bucks. So in this article on NFL.com, there are two different claims for how long it had been. Um, In the the first sentence, it says not since 2012 had the National Football Conference won an all-star showdown with its American rivals. So that would be, what, 10, 11 years? But later in the article, it says the AFC had won five consecutive Pro Bowls.
1: Yeah, but didn't they start doing it where they they mixed it up and it wasn't necessarily AFC versus NFC for a while there? Like, didn't wasn't Deion Sanders, like, the captain of a team at some point? Am I completely making this up?
0: You, you could certainly be right. Yeah, I think you're right because they, like, I, I don't know. Um, What else did we learn according to this article? Derek Carr plays likely his final home game at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas? Sure. If, if you're going to call that his final home game when he's playing flag football, go for it. Um, Buda Baker had a really impressive pick on the sideline. Um, how about this one, Landfill? So th- just real quick, the 2012 season, the NFC won.
1: And then they went for several years to unconferenced Pro Bowls. It was like um, Jerry Rice had a team and Deion Sanders had a team. Michael Irvin and Chris Carter had teams. It was that type of thing. Then they went back to the AFC-NFC. And then a, one of the Pro Bowls was canceled because of COVID. So it's only been five consecutive that the uh, AFC had won.
0: Terrific. <laughs> We're now dumber for knowing that. Everyone. Um Confident Geno Smith cooks in flag football opener. Apparently Geno is very confident he's going to stay in Seattle. I, I did hear an interview, I guess, with the Ravens tight end Mark Andrews who, who said that he thinks Lamar's sticking around in Baltimore, so that's good. I also, as, as we start talking about this and making fun of the show, um, and making fun of the Pro Bowl, I got this text from somebody that was out there with some of the Commanders players, and he says, they say, watch all the events. The linemen did catch punts, and as a whole, the guys had way more fun this year. Dodgeball was great. I did get to see some dodgeball highlights. That was pretty fun. And Saquon Barkley was right. Like, you're not allowed to throw it at the head, and the dude that won got Saquon out by hitting him in the head. So... I applaud the NFL for recognizing that the Pro Bowl was broken and that they needed to change it. But I'm just, I'm not sure there's a fix there. Like, I, I just, football is not a sport meant to play patty cake. Like every other sport, you can get away with playing patty cake for a day and call it an exhibition and everybody's cool. Football, you got to go. Every day is kickoff, man, and you just got to go. The The moment, though, that stood out most to me was the end of the game. And Kirk and Gino were pretty good. I, I think late in that game, Kirk engineers, I guess it was a comeback win, right? And after the game, you have... RG3, Robert Griffin III, who was all over the broadcast, and it is clearly in the in the minds of ESPN and ABC, like a huge part of their NFL coverage going forward. Um, I I did enjoy the best and worst catch thing when you had Snoop and Pete Davidson, and I think LaDainian Tomlinson were like the judges, and they were kind of doing it like the dunk contest. And Snoop and LaDainian Tomlinson gave Steph Diggs a 70 And Pete Davidson gave him a 69, and the whole crowd just bust out laughing. And I want to say, who's uh, the big fella, the former D-lineman that is on, like, the Stephen A circuit? I think he played for the Cowboys. Spears, maybe? Marcus Spears, maybe? Marcus Spears. He just kept screaming. I, I thought this was funny. I think it was him. If I'm attributing to the wrong person, forgive me. But he just kept screaming, this is a family network, man. This is a family show. You can't be doing that, Pete Davidson. I thought that was funny. Um, But by far, the wildest part to me was the end of the program and it's RG3 not playing, interviewing Kirk who just got done winning the Pro Bowl. And I think this is at least Kirk's Second Pro Bowl appearance because I remember there was a Pro Bowl when he was here and he threw a pick late in the game and then he chased the dude all the way down. You remember that one? That was back when it was still like a real game, or at least a quasi-real game. Um I got a picture of it, and I got some really funny answers. I I just post I just on my Twitter and my Instagram, I posted a picture of Robert interviewing Kirk, and I said, Caption this. Um, Anthony Armstrong, that used to play for the Skins, replied, that's Kirk explaining his NFL script. If anybody paid attention to all the dumb stuff last week, that the claim that the stuff was scripted. Um, my boy Joe Preston, I thought this was pretty funny, said, which of us was the most selfish, attention-craving Redskins quarterback? How would you answer that one? I don't know. Jeff, if you have an answer, feel free. I I, I wanted to read this because I thought this was nice and fair. This is from Ozone. OJ said, they both seem like they're in the perfect environment. Kirk is definitely a top 10 quarterback in the league, and RG3 is one of the best commenters in the NFL, and they both seem happy. I'm happy for them. I'm not sure I agree with the assessment of top 10 and one of the best, but they both seem happy, and they're both in a good spot, and I am happy for them. Um, one of the comment, uh, one comment I got a number of times was, do you think we could go in and buy the commanders together? Which they don't have the money, but, and then on, on Twitter, I got one comment that I thought was really, really funny. Even if it was perhaps a jab at me, which if you're funny and you throw a jab, I'll laugh. I'm, I'm good with it. Um, let me try to find it. So this is from Wang the Conqueror, J Everton 34 via Twitter. He said, and this is in quotes, like you're captioning the photo. It said, the only ones who haven't moved on from us is the DC media. You think Kirk and or Robert give a rip that we still look at that and we're like, oh, man, what a weird world. Here's the the worst part about it is who knows what Robert might have been. Right. Like the injuries messed him up and then egos, which I, I'll include everybody. Snyder, the Shanahans, and certainly Robert got in the way. Um I, I don't know that the way Robert ran, and this is not about running quarterbacks, but it's specifically about the way Robert ran, where he couldn't slide, he didn't He often didn't like going out of bounds. Maybe he would have learned that over time. But every time he was hit, it was like a car accident. Like there were just body parts flailing about. I don't know that he would have been able to maintain that even without the Seahawks game and trying to play through a torn ACL and just the collapse of everything. Um, I think he would have had to evolve. Certainly Kirk has proven, and I think he proved it here, um, he may lack you know, whatever it is required to win in clutch situations. But this football team, just this past year's team that went 8-8-1, and if they had Kirk, would have been much better. If they had Kirk this year, we got him at 10-6-1, boys? Does that seem fair? I think so. If they had Kirk this year, they're a wild card team. Well, they don't. They ran him out of town. Got Alex, broke his leg. I, hey, Dude, I think if you had pre-broken leg Alex this year, you're 10, 6, and 1. But ifs and buts, right? It doesn't really matter. It's just crazy to think. It's only 10 years ago. I guess it's now 11. That that was the quarterback situation here. And now one dude is interviewing the other dude at the Pro Bowl. It's just. world is a crazy place speaking of how crazy the world is the Chinese sent an apparent quote-unquote weather balloon across the entire continental United States and then it got shot down in South Carolina uh, over on the beach in South Carolina and my cousin watched it all happen he's going to join us next Joel he has pictures of it on his Instagram before we go apparently Dan Snyder is selling his home in Potomac for 49 million dollars If you need a realtor to help you put an offer in on Dan Snyder's house, or perhaps you're looking at something more modest, John Leahy is the only person to call. Trust me, you got to go with John Leahy. You want a reason why? Here's an example. Mo is now a three-time client of John's, and he needed to sell his Clarksburg Square condo. He was purchasing a new home and needed to sell the condo in a timely manner in order to close on his new home. With John's VIP seller system, they were able to get multiple offers the very first weekend, including a cash offer. As sometimes happens, the first buyer backed out, but there were no concerns because John had already secured backup offers. With no momentum lost, Moe closed on his condo, over asking price, and was able to make a significant down payment on the new home, setting himself and his family up for long-term financial success. That's what John can do for you. Long-term financial success. And if your house needs a little bit of help before you sell it and you don't have the cash, don't give up. Because John can make you, confront you up to $50,000 for repairs and upgrades, making your home more irresistible to buyers, getting you more money. And then you settle up on the back end with John at closing. Those are just a few of the reasons I would call John. Plus, flexible fees customized to your needs. Call John today, 301-900-3052. Go online to johnsellsdmb.com, or what's even easier, just Google John Leahy Group and start packing. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to
1: 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.